Welcome to the Awaken Podcast. We are so happy that you have decided to join us. Hopefully, you will find the next few minutes challenging and refreshing as we consider together how God is asking us to respond to His grace. If you are listening because you are unable to join us at our physical location, thank you for keeping in step with us, and we will look forward to seeing you in person next Sunday. If you are joining us from outside of Anchorage, then please drop us a line and let us know where you are listening in from. We would love the opportunity to connect with you. If you are exploring faith for the first time or just trying to figure out what Awaken is about, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and introduce yourself. We welcome any question you might have about life, the Christian faith, or Awaken Church. May God be with you as you listen. Have you ever stepped in it? Um, we have a dog at our house, and every once in a while, when I'm walking around in the uncut portion of our lawn, sometimes I step in it, because I can't see uh, what I need to see. So last week, I made an attempt to uh, bring some unity around covid and guess what I did? I stepped in it. So I made, I made a mistake, and I would like to correct that mistake, at least attempt to correct the mistake. Who knows, next week I might be correcting the correction to my mistake. But uh, I'm going to start with trying to correct my mistake. And the thing that I said last week that I think was wrong, by the way, I had um, somebody chat with me about this, and I think that's important, by the way. It's okay, if you, if you feel like I've said something that you don't agree with, you know, I am not an untouchable. So, don't hesitate to say, hey Levi, man, I think you said something that was incorrect or inappropriate or it offended me in this way or that way. Um, I probably will offend you at some point, like over the course of our life together in the body, right? And it's critical for me to understand how I'm doing that so that I can grow, right? It's not just your responsibility to grow from the things I say to you, but it's my responsibility to grow from the things that you say to me. Now, before you say those things to me, as the scriptures instruct, you should be careful. (laughs) But you should say things to me. So the thing uh, that was brought up that I think I said incorrectly uh, was I presented this appeal to the community from the chief of staff from Providence Medical as something that was apolitical, as something that was non-contentious, as something that um, was black and white reality. Well, as it turns out, there are a group of people that disagree with that. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's been an assembly meeting where testimony was taken uh, from representatives of the medical community, and that testimony was not just fully received by people who are on the other side of that issue. And uh, to further just kind of give you an example of... of, uh, the contentiousness over the issue, uh, I have received in the last week 
opposing reports about, this is, you know, one of my new jobs as a pastor now, uh, but uh, I have received opposing reports about the number of available beds in the ICU at the same hospital from two different sources, opposing reports. Um, so I, I literally, I don't know what the reality is. Uh, but it is a highly contentious issue, and I did not mean to present that as a black and white non-political issue. Okay? So, anybody have any issues with that? Now I'm gonna step in it again, maybe. Well, I love you too, and I, I want to get it right. Obviously, in this room, we've got people with different opinions because there's more than two people, right? So, and we've got, we have people who, uh, you know, support both sides of this issue pretty intensely. And so, uh, the goal just for us to, you know, at some point actually figure out the truth and hopefully the truth will reveal itself sooner rather than later, right? And that's one of God's promises is that the truth will prevail. It will be revealed. All things will come to light. And so uh, we pray for that. We ought to be praying for that as Christ's followers. Um, and then there's that period where you're waiting for the truth maybe to be revealed, or for the truth to become the popular opinion or the widely accepted opinion or whatever the case might be. And during that time, the church has to be especially careful um, while we seek the truth together. And so hopefully last week was motivation for us to listen well and out of compassion while we are seeking the truth uh, on all of these issues. So, um, okay, you can literally say something in disagreement right now. We're going to have um, an informal time later talking about some other things, but I just want to like clear, clear the air. Um, so I'm opening myself up to lots of things right now. Um, so, thank you, God, for pastors who love them. Thank you for your word. Please share it with us today. Okay. Here we go. And I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, so don't think I'm like trying to hold you to this moment. If you have, if you don't like how I just did that, let's talk about that. Um, so I'm not trying to like manipulate anybody into, you know, crowd think or something like that, okay? All right. Um, we tried for a few weeks to get everybody to sign up to, for something called 411, and I don't think we did a very good job of that because I know whenever we ask people to sign up for things we feel are important, everybody just signs up and participates and serves, right? I mean, that's what we do as Christians, right? Well, that didn't happen here. Um, <clears throat> 
And I, so I'm going to take full fall for not like advertising that very well. So what we've decided to do is since you are all here and present now, we're going to have the 411 event. <laughs> are you ready? Sure. Okay. So what we would like to do as, uh, you know, as a church is to invite people. Misty, I might need your help for a second because I don't see Johanna in the room. Out, out there is a stack of these papers and I would like everybody to have one in their hands and I'm not sure what has happened. Um, but we would like to invite everybody to um, four rhythms and these are the four rhythms. That's our nice word for discipline. Um, but uh, these are the things that Christians should be pursuing, and these are the things that we should hold each other accountable to, the things that you should be holding me accountable for, and the things that I should be holding you accountable for, at least these four rhythms. Uh, but we want to invite everybody into these four rhythms. Now, some of you already do these four things. And so, uh, as we go through these things, I'm hoping to uh, just pique your interest in diving into these things a little bit more. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Um, so, the four rhythms are, and you'll see these things. This is like, kind of like a, a contract, but in order to make it sound better, we've decided to invite you to a party and we're going to ask you to RSVP. Doesn't that sound better? So much better. Who doesn't like going to a party? There are a few of you I know. You don't like, actually don't like parties, but. Uh, okay, so we're, the four rhythms are personal growth, uh, redemptive friendships, serving, and group growth. So personal growth, redemptive friendships, serving, and group growth. And so I'm going to work through these things. So we're going to have a, just a, a formal section. I'm going to work through explaining each of these things, hopefully inspiring you, or hopefully as we read the scriptures, you will be inspired to dive into these things a little bit further. Uh, and then we're going to go to some informal stuff and, and uh, talk about uh, the, the future, talk about some of our finances and that, that piece. So... That's the format of the morning. All right, so I'm going to dive into personal growth. Uh, sorry, no, I'm not. I'm going to start uh, by asking you, do you happen to know what our church verse is? Anybody? Ephesians 5.14. If you don't have the t-shirt, you can get one. Ephesians 5.14. So uh, I'm going to read that real quick. The full verse is, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So this is our invitation to the community, right? This is our invitation um, for people who are in the dark, people who are trapped by uh, addictions, by materialism, by purposelessness, by depression and anxiety and all of the ways in which the enemy attacks us and brings us down, uh, you know, it is our invitation 
for people to experience Christ and in doing so, uh, be transformed, experience true life, spiritual life, and a transformed life here and now. So that's what Ephesians 5.14 is about. That's what we're calling people into. And uh, that is uh, also an indicator of what our mission is as a church, right? We are here to share Christ with the community, to turn the light on for people. So, you know, we're being the light of the world uh, by doing these four rhythms, okay? So, first rhythm, personal growth. I'm going to read from First uh, Peter uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Did you know that that was possible? It is. We can, we can leave behind the corruption of the world. We can live differently. In view of this, in view of all of these promises, in view of all that God has done, right, make every effort to respond to God's promises. So that's the difference between Christianity and other religions, right? Do versus done. You've probably heard that before. Our salvation is already wrapped up, done. That's the promise of God. Right? Anybody who believes is saved, like done, right? And so now we're just responding to the incredible grace that God has bestowed to us, but the gift has already been given. So in view of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patience, or with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. So this is our response. Yes, we pursue being honest. We pursue being more loving. We pursue, and and that means we we continue to pursue it. We don't just come to a place and say, well, I've kind of reached an average Christian level in these areas. And so, you know, I'm just going to ride this out to the end. That's not the idea. The idea is you, you keep going back to the well, which is God's grace. You keep understanding it on a deeper and deeper level. Like, wow, I just can't believe he actually did that for me. And as we go back to that, then we're like, you know what? That has motivated me to actually love this person more deeply, more authentically. That has moved me to, to now be compassionate in a way that I was not compassionate before. Verse 8, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. They're not going back to the well. Right? And so they're happy with average Christian living, just like sort of barely fitting the mold, right? 
because they're not going back to the well. They're not being reinvigorated by the grace of God. They're not keeping their eyes focused on the author and perfecter of their faith who died on the cross for them. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard. No, I'm reading on beyond what I have up here. Um, so I'll stop there. That's personal growth, okay? So there are three things we kind of list in there. Prayer, um, the Bible, and worship. So let's talk about those three things real quick. Um, just a, a short thing about prayer. If somebody says, I pray for an hour every morning, don't you just instantly get exhausted mentally and emotionally thinking about that, right? I mean, most people do. How is that even possible? Like Martin Luther would pray for four hours in the morning. What in the world do you do for four hours? Like, I mean, you have to get so tired of hearing yourself talk in a four-hour time period, right? And I think therein lies the misconception about prayer. Prayer should be primarily listening to God rather than speaking to God. So, Ecclesiastes 5, starting in verse 1, as you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. What? I thought I was supposed to pray a bunch of stuff, like say a lot of things to God. When Jesus is introducing the Lord's Prayer, doesn't he say, don't go on babbling like the pagans. And he gives the disciples like the shortest prayer they've ever heard. It's very short. We have to find like obscure manuscripts in order just to add in like the final phrase. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. I don't know if you've ever read that subnote or not. But prayer is not so much about all the, you know, it's, it's not so much about how many things can you say to God. It's about how well you listen. It's about putting yourself in a place where you can hear from God. Don't make rash promises, verse 2 says, and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. What? Don't be hasty in bringing matters before God? Isn't that interesting? Maybe a different thought on prayer than you've had before. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth, so let your words be few. Uh, remember the relationship here. You are talking to literally the creator of the entire universe when you go into prayer. Now we know through Christ, we don't have to be intimidated, but we should have such an incredibly high level of respect and reverence when we come to prayer. We should come in with our ears open and our mouth shut. So it might help you to think about prayer as just sitting quietly before the Lord for a significant period of time and just asking one question. What do I need to hear from you? Um, now, there are, there's a point at which you speak in prayer. And I don't want to discount any of that. But I think the hearing part is highly underrated and undertaught and underthought of and underutilized. 
Let's be listening to God. Uh, the Bible. Right? You know, are we just looking at the verse of the day on our Bible app and thinking, huh, that's neat. And, you know, maybe we share it later. Hey, I read this neat verse. It's, you know what you said? <laughs> that was my verse of the day. How cool. All those things are okay, right? That's okay. But maybe there's more to that. Uh, I don't know if you were here for several weeks while we talked about the Bible, how important it was to, to read it, right? So reading the Bible, making sure you understand what is being said, right? Because it's very easy to read and not understand anything. Like if you just, I mean, just gotta get on a non-spiritual level. How's your reading comprehension score? Like if you're gonna take one, you read any book, where is your reading comprehension score? I'm guessing it's not at 100%. Um, so we've got like a non-spiritual, just total problem right there to begin with, right? And then there's the fact that the enemy doesn't want you to understand the scriptures. And then there's, you know, the fact that you come in with your own filter, thinking that certain scriptures mean certain things because of how you've heard them taught or some, you know, some connection you've made. You got to dive through like multiple layers sometimes to get to things that, oh, that's what's being said. Maybe a little study in the historical context of what is being said. So studying it. And then how about like meditating on it? Like um, Psalm 23. God prepares a, a table for me in the presence of my enemies. What is, huh. That's weird. I mean, why not just prepare a table for me? That's the way I would prefer it. And I thought this was a, like a soothing psalm. Like, you know, this is what you put on a plaque above your children when you, they're newborns, you know, in their little crib, and here's Psalm 23. Anybody have that at their house? Come on. Um, what kind of God is this who prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies? Well, that's, that's kind of challenging. Um, but that's also kind of cool. Right in the middle of the chaos, right in the middle of the battle, right in the middle of death and destruction, trying to get at me and destroy me, God's going to set out a picnic. And he's going to remind me, huh, I've got this thing. I've got it. Just relax. Yeah, there are wolves out there, but I'm the shepherd. And You'll be fine. Uh, meditate. How about uh, memorizing, like hiding God's word in your heart? So, for example, you might be in a situation where things get a little difficult, and it might be advantageous to you to recall some scripture, a promise of God, like from the Bible that you know he actually said. Uh, I remember driving my riverboat up a very sketchy river recently. And I got to the point where I started having fear creep in. 
because it was beyond my abilities. And I was thinking, I'm probably going to die soon. And drowning, hitting my head on rocks underneath the water, that wasn't how I wanted to go. And so this fear starts creeping in. But I happen to know a verse from Joshua where God is telling Joshua to be strong and courageous. For the Lord your God is with you. And I begin saying that internally. Not out loud, because my friend was there and I didn't want to express any weakness. <laughs> but I started saying that internally, right? And the fear dissipates. And I realize, if I die, that's the way God wanted it, and it'll be okay. God has my family. God has my church, right? Study it. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Keep it with you. Um, worship. I heard a great definition of worship yesterday, that it's seeing things as God sees them. That's interesting, isn't it? Seeing things as God sees them. Uh, maybe let that filter through your mind as you're worshiping in the future in whatever way you worship, whether it's through singing or journaling or art. How is this helping me see God or see things as God sees them? Personal growth. Hopefully, you are engaging in this rhythm. Hopefully, this is primary to your life. This is the foundation. This is the basis of your life. Uh, there are some teenagers in the room, and I'm guessing when a parent or an adult says, you should read your Bible, you just blow that off immediately. That's what I did as a teenager. Um, all I can say is, adults are right. Uh, check it out. See what's in there. Okay, redemptive friendships. This is the second rhythm. Colossians chapter four, two through six, Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer and an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. This is the only thing Paul cares about. And it should be the only thing that we care about. Really, in terms of how we live our lives, in terms of the conversations we have, in terms of um, the intentionality with which we lead our lives. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not, who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So we're, we're in this thing where the... The conversations we have with people, the way that we live around them, the kinds of decisions that we make, the lifestyle that we choose, all of those things actually have an impact on the people around us for eternity. 
it's possible that God wants to use you and I to introduce our friends and our family to Jesus, maybe for the first time. It's possible that God wants you and I to just continuously pursue friends and family who are anti-religious, anti-Jesus, anti-church. It's possible that God has put you and I in the place of just constant pursuit. That when Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone would come and open the door, I will come in and I will eat with them. It's possible that God has sent us out to be knocking at the door. Just knocking at the door. Hey, you want to have lunch? Hey, uh, man, what are you thinking about what's going on in the world? Uh, where do you think all this is leading? And I don't, I mean, how do you, like, for me, it's, it's kind of easy. I've placed my faith in Christ, and I'm 100% convinced that Jesus is, you know, the way, the truth, and the life, and I follow him with my whole life, but, what, like, what's your perspective on death and the afterlife and even what's going on right now? Um, you know, maybe we need to ask those questions of the people around us. Maybe you're in the early stages of a relationship, a friendship with your coworkers, and maybe you just need to be curious about their lives. Hey, um, and tell me your story. Tell me about who you are. Um, you know, I notice that when you when we get into a discussion about religion, like you just avoid that discussion fully. Like, what's behind that? Do you, did you have a bad experience? Um, those conversations are a little bit awkward, aren't they, always? Because you feel like maybe you're kind of pushing somebody. Well, yep. Um, Christians are called, by the way, to step into awkward situations. And to step into those conversations boldly and courageously. To pursue people uh, even when they don't want to be pursued. To just keep pursuing people. Isn't that what God does for us? And aren't we responding to his grace? Isn't he our master and Lord? Aren't we called to do what he does? And isn't this how we know we are in him as if we walk as Jesus walked? So, you know, this is very practical for, for us right away. You know, we need to be intentional about that this week. Right? I mean, we, we don't know how long we're going to be able to interact with our friends and family members. And I don't know if you've been reminded of this recently, but this life doesn't last very long. Uh, we're moving on. And our role, our calling as followers of Jesus is to invite other people to come with us and to be as persuasive as possible. And so God has gifted each one of us and given each of us a unique personality and placed us in a particular place to be able to do that. 
according to his plan. You have been put in the relationships that you are in. And so be courageous, be bold, pray for the people around you. Um, Let's take a minute and just bow our heads for a second. And I'd like for us to pray for the people around us in our network of friends who don't know Jesus. Because not only is it the best way to live here and now, but it is the difference between eternal life or not. So let's pray for them. And let's do the listening part. Let's ask God how he would want us to move into their lives. Let's ask him how he would like us to have a conversation with them. Amen. Man, do you guys feel like this is a little heavy? Um, well, you know, that's okay. Christians are serious people. We have a lot of joy. But we're serious people because we're, we're dealing with some serious things here, aren't we? So it's okay to be serious and heavy. Um, there's a lot of avoiding serious and heavy in the world, right? Okay, serving, Romans 12, 1 through 16. I'm going to largely let this speak uh, for itself. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. That's that response to grace thing, right? Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. (laughs) That phrase can just go a long ways with a lot of us, right? Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy... Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Apostle Paul does not cover all the spiritual gifts and all of our personality makeups and 
all of our passions and desires. This is a sampling. The point is, use what God has given you. Don't just pretend to love others. This is the difference between serving and not serving, right? Not serving is pretending to love others. Serving is actually loving others. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. That's just a good like, outline for, for body life. For how we ought to be operating with each other. Um, so there are ways in which, you know, ways within awakened church to serve. We'd love to have everybody serving in some way. Um, I could bring up the nursery right now. (laughs) Elementary ministry, you know, taking care of the, the grounds, um, Then there's, you know, just like personal stuff, like, you know, if you're a good encourager, for example, step into that. Ask God, right? When you're listening to God, God, what am I gifted for? How have you purposed me? Where do I fit into the body? What have you made me passionate about? Because I want to do those things. I want to find my purpose in you, right? I believe the promise that says we are God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he's prepared in advance for me to do. I believe that that is the case. It's Ephesians 2.10. So, uh, step into serving. Uh, Remember, this is the master's example, right? Right? Just before the Last Supper, not just before, but as a part of the Last Supper, Jesus takes off his outer garment and takes the role of the the house servant and washes his disciples' feet, which is totally ridiculous, in order to show them in the most graphic possible way, this is what it means to follow me, to be a servant. And so if you're just like, Checking off the Christian boxes like I don't, like I don't, you know, I don't lie usually. I don't, I don't cheat a lot. You know, and I, like I go to church. I mean, come on. That's not it. God has literally made you a gift to mankind. And you are cheating yourself in a big way if you're not 
pouring yourself out if you're not serving other people, right? What is the promise of Christ that the way we're going to find our lives is by laying it down, by pouring it out, by giving it up. That's how we're going to find the satisfaction and fulfillment that we're looking for because that's how God's designed us. So if you need any help figuring out how to serve, please let me know. Talk to Johanna. Uh, that's like a big part of her role is just to help people figure out uh, ways in which they can serve that fits who they are and what we need and so forth. Uh, group growth. Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Right? And in order to do that, we need each other, right? Because one free radical out there is easily attacked and is easily um, taken in the direction of the world. Right? That's why it's important for you to say things to me. We talked about that earlier, and that's why it's important for me to say things to you. Right? So that together we can hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Right? So the picture of the Christian church is we have a bunch of people who their thought is, hmm, I wonder how I could motivate my Christian brother or sister to be all that God has made them to be. You know, I see this thing in them, and I, I should encourage them to do that thing really well. I can see that they can um, lead really well. I can see that they uh, can teach really well. So how can I encourage that in them? How can I spur them on. We need that, right? We need to be inspired and motivated by the people around us. Verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So this is just like regular participation. There's something about this rhythm of just being together and being vigilant about being together. That's one of the reasons why we've chosen not to stop meeting as COVID numbers rise because we're called to meet together, even in difficult circumstances, right? Uh, we have a lot of people meeting online, and that is totally fine as long as it is not an excuse to not meet together. Uh, if you need clarification around that, please let me know. If you're online and you have a question about that, type it in on Facebook or wherever you're at, and I'll respond. But we are called to gather together, to not neglect it. Um, summertime is difficult in Alaska, right? Mm-hmm. No. We had a Wednesday night this summer, Wednesday night option, so you can keep that in mind for next summer. Um, Small groups, being in a discipleship, being in discipleship relationships, right? Being engaged. These are the things that build up our lives, that help us hold firmly 
without wavering to the hope that we affirm, to the hope that we have. It is the body of Christ holding itself together. Right? We are in desperate need of each other in order to do this thing correctly. Um, we know it's bad not to vote, right? Because, like, people have, have given their lives so that we have the freedom to vote and elect our officials, right? Um, so, Jesus died uh, so that the church could come together. Jesus gave himself up for his bride. So I would suggest to you that even worse than not voting is not participating in the church. Now here, isn't this nice? You guys don't have to feel an ounce of conviction right now because you're here. Man, I love that. You're reading along, you see a Bible verse, you know, it's like, ah, nailed it. Yeah? And you guys nailed it. So way to go. Um, we're going to invite you to sign up for small groups. Um, and we're just going to remind you, be in a discipleship relationship. Have a friend, a mentor, a mentee, something. But be in a discipleship relationship where you with another individual, you are pursuing Christ together. Because each thing, sort of each level offers a different component, right? A different way to grow. Okay, so you see on the bottom there, there's a little line. And you can accept the RSVP. Uh, what I would like for you to do this Sunday or next Sunday, uh, I mean, if you've already, you know, you haven't been listening to a word I've said, you've actually been reading through that and, and praying through it and thinking about it, what we would love for you to do is sign that, uh, and there's a place at her you can drop that off, and then you can get this fancy little card that has the four rhythms on there, and you can put this in a place where you will see it and be reminded, yep, that's what I need to be doing. Okay. And then in the future, as um, we have new people coming into the church, we will take them through a shortened version of what I just took you guys through and uh, invite them to accept the invitation to be a part of Awakened Church. Okay? Um, this is not, by the way, membership in the Wesleyan Church. If anybody has any questions about that, that's something different. You want to talk about that? We'll do that one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Uh, okay. 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 22 through 23. This is uh, my vision or dream for our church, okay? Paul says, when I was with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Now, the NIV says, um, I become all things to all men so that by all possible means uh, I might save some. And so this is, uh, this is Paul's heart. This is why he is willing to, to um, leave behind a, a lifetime of practicing traditions 
and a passion for protecting the status quo, protecting his bubble, right? Remember, he's persecuting Christians in order to protect his bubble. But he is so transformed, he has moved away from protection. He, he moves into proclamation. And he moves into to full risk, to full uh, abandonment of his uh, traditions when necessary in order to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And that is my hope for us, that we will get edgy if necessary in order to share the good news of Christ with our community. Uh, Paul does things that would have made him like probably throw up before he became a Christian as a, you know, as he says, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was in deep, right? But, so he ends up doing some things that would have totally repulsed him in an effort to have an opportunity to share the good news of Christ. And so it's not that I want you to go out and do repulsive things. It's that I want us to have as a church that attitude that the gospel is king. The gospel is king when it comes to our corporate body. Whatever advances the gospel we do, whatever diminishes the gospel we don't do. And the gospel is king in my own life. Whatever advances the gospel I do, whatever doesn't advance the gospel I don't do. It is a putting away of traditions, of personal preferences, of, of everything, but this one simple question, will what I'm about to do advance the good news of Jesus Christ? And so to allow that to invade every part of our lives, the financial decisions we make, how we spend our money, right? The types of relationships we're in, the, the very words we say in every conversation that we have, is this going to advance the good news of Jesus Christ? Because if that is our concern, God's promise is that his Holy Spirit will be upon us, will anoint us, and will equip us to go into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's pray. Father, we ask that you uh, would put this in our hearts. that you would help us have this kind of passion for the good news. If we need to be reminded about eternal consequences, if we need to be reminded about your faithfulness, if we need to be, whatever part of the story we need to be reminded about, Father, we ask that you would remind us that you would grip our hearts and minds with the realities that are about us and that we would respond. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening. It is a joy to be able to share God's truth with you. Hopefully you found this teaching helpful to your understanding of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. And hopefully you are inspired to take a further step of faith. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue your journey. If you live in the Anchorage area, you are welcome to join us any Sunday. And we have an Awaken 101 event every six weeks. And this is also a great way to find out more about our church. Please sign up for that event by going to the events tab at our website, awakenalaska.com, and looking for Awaken 101. 
Feel free to share this podcast with your friends, and we will see you next week.